Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. Good day, good day, Kingdom Corner Podcast followers. The great Matt Geib with you here once again at the Kingdom Corner Podcast. Now today, we're continuing on in, of course, the book of Ephesians, but I want to do a bit of housekeeping here to kind of bring us up to date, up to snuff, as my grandfather would say, on where we've been and what we've been doing in the past. It's been actually 13 months, just a little over a year, that we really started this study in Ephesians. We've had 39 episodes, and we started way back on 731 2020 and 8-5-2020, we started with a two-part message or episode that God gave me on Ephesians chapter 3, I believe it was uh, starting at verse 13 till the end of that chapter, on obliterating oppression or obliterating depression. From there, we just began to move on with the book of Ephesians, and we moved on through 39 episodes Again, we're, we're in the book of Ephesians, that's what we're studying, but we've kind of jumped around a bit, and I wanted to just kind of bring us up to date, maybe have a little review, and then attempt to go into the lesson for today, which is the first half of Ephesians chapter 3. Chapter 3 of Ephesians, and that would be 1 through 12 or 13. We'll see... Um, when we get over there. But I had 39 episodes that I had done. We started in, like I said, in chapter, the middle of chapter three, 13 months ago, and we went right through chapter three, chapter four. And then we got down here to, it looks like about chapter five. And then I switched over, and this would have been uh, in February of this year, we switched over and we started in chapter one. So we've jumped all around. We went in the middle of chapter three, all the way through chapter 5, and then we started over again in chapter 1, and that brings us to where we are today in Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to be getting into that. Ephesians chapter 3, the first part, uh, verses 1 to about 12. But I want to go back and just review for a few minutes where we've been, just real briefly, and I'm sure when we're done with the study on Ephesians, see, after, after this lesson— we're going to be done with all of chapter 3 because we did obliterating depression. That's the second half of this chapter in chapter 3 way back 13 months ago. And so we're going to jump from chapter 3, and I believe now we would have been going when I stopped in chapter 5 in February. See, this probably sounds confusing to you. I was all ready to go into chapter 6 and decided to jump back into chapter 1. hope that makes sense to you. I know it sounds a little bit convoluted, but that's, if you followed the show notes and the shows, you'd see how that went. We are in the book of Ephesians. The setting, of course, I, I wonder if I asked that question today, if you would know, the setting, of course, is in the heavenlies. Uh, we work from the heavenlies. We are there in our spirit, and we walk out of the heavenlies. That's chapter 1, verse 3, 1, verse 20, 2, verse 6, and 3, verse 10. What is the purpose of Ephesians? For the provision of all spiritual blessings. 
Isn't that good? The provision God has provided for us today to have all, not some, but all spiritual blessings. We find that chapter 1 and verse 3. Now, the next point that I had down here in just kind of a brief outline, there is an initiation or qualification process. Chapter 1 and verse 5, we are adopted into God's family. Chapter 1 and verse 6, he made us accepted in his beloved. Chapter 1, 7 and 8, we have been redeemed by his blood. Chapter 1, verse 14, we are the redemption of the purchased possession. We've been redeemed. We're that purchased possession, 1, verse 14. 2, verses 1 and 5, he made us alive from sin. 2, verse 8, we're saved by grace. 2, verse 13, we are brought near by the blood of Jesus. 2, verse 16, we're reconciled to God because of Jesus' death on the cross. And then 4, verse 24, you can put on the new man. So this is the initiation qualification that I said. First, we have setting, purpose, initiation, or qualification. The next thing we want to talk about is provision made. Provision made. Chapter 1, verse 3, for the mission of unveiling the mystery. Chapter 1, verse 9, provision was made. The next point, happening when? When did this all happen? In the dispensation of the fullness of time. See, when Jesus came, he opened up that chapter. We're in the fullness of time. We're still in that time right now where this is all being opened up, the gospel of Jesus Christ, 1, verse 10. And then to do what, I ask the question, make all things one in Christ, 1, verse 10. That is restoration. Let's move on here. The next part, we're sealed with the Holy Ghost. This gives us proof of our empowerment for the mission he's called us on. Chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. That's where you find that. The next point, Paul prays that we accept God's mission. This is one of the most powerful prayers that Paul prayed uh, about having our understanding enlightened, having uh, our eyes open to the revelation and the uh, riches of the inheritance, 1, 15 through 22. Next point, God will fit each one of us perfectly for the role we are to play in the mission. Ephesians 2, 10 and 1, 9. 2, 10, one of my favorite verses, for we are his masterpiece. And we had a lesson on that. We're master, we are his masterpiece that he's created and made unto good works, to do good works. 2.10 and verse 1.9. The next point, an essential key for this mission was to make the Jews and Gentiles one. And that's such. You find that in chapter 1, verse 10. Gather us together as one in the dispensation of time, and it speaks to the church becoming one. You also find that in 2, the first part of the chapter 2, okay? And then what we had talked about in the last two episodes here, the quickening temple of God. This is the missioning mission's task, is to build the quickening temple of God on the foundations of apostles and prophets. This is the vehicle God will dwell in, his uh, living, breathing temple, corporately. Ephesians 2, 19 to 21. There's two really detailed lessons that were the two previous lessons to today's lesson. And that brings us to today's lesson. Some have called this one, and this is chapter 3, and we're going to get into it and really dissect it, see how far we can go, hope we can finish it today. Chapter 3, verses 
1 through 13, chapter 3, 1 through 13, you could call this lesson, this episode, the parenthesis, Paul's parenthesis, or Paul's opening of the mysterion, Paul's revealing of the mystery, or I called it one thing that came to me. Uh, I also could have called it a third title would be receiving or yielding to an apostolic encounter, the apostolic encounter. I'll read some of the notes I have here in this outline for this. Ephesians 3, 3, God revealed, uh, let's talk about the parenthesis. Paul reveals his qualifications in these scriptures, 3, 1 to 13, what we're going to go into today. Paul, in this parenthesis, reveals his qualifications or resume as a forerunning apostle to open up the gospel mystery. See, God gave him the mission to open up the mystery to the entire world. Uh, Ephesians 3, 3, God revealed it to him. Ephesians 3, 4, for them, as the Ephesian church made up of both Gentiles and Jews, to understand. Ephesians 3, 5, Recently, this was opened up to the apostles and prophets. Ephesians 3, 6, and 7, the Gentiles added, were added, you know, into the church. This, this was one of the nutshell uh, key thoughts of what the mystery, opening up the mysterion, as the Greek says, was, was to add the Gentiles into the church. That now the gospel was for not just the Jewish nation, but for every man and woman on not just on the face of the earth, no matter what color, you know, black, yellow, green, red, whatever color, God had opened up the gospel for them. And then Paul was made the Gentile apostle, Ephesians 3, 8, and 10. That was his calling. He was the apostle to the Gentiles. And that brings us to the middle chapter 3. It's is where we started back in uh, the last day or so of July in 2020, and then uh, I think it was the 5th of August, 2020, we had two lessons on obliterating oppression or depression. So that brings us up to date, and now we can go into this section of Scripture today, and we'll just go through it. This what I have called having an apostolic encounter would be one good way of saying it. Paul's parenthesis, an apostolic encounter, or opening up the mystery uh, what that was, revealing of the mystery. For this cause, chapter 3, verse 1, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation, or another word for that would be stewardship, of the grace of God which is given to me to you, Lord, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when ye read, ye understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Verse 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of man, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Verse 6 of chapter 3, that the Gentiles should be fellow, fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel. Verse 7, Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less or least of the saints, is this grace given, 
that I should evangelize or preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship or enlightenment or economy of the mystery. Some words are used there, economy and enlightenment in other translations. Which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Verse 11, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. So that's the chapter, chapter 3, or the first part of it, I should say, chapter 3, 1 to 12, and uh, that will bring us back to where we started in Ephesians, which was verse 13, about obliterating oppression and depression. Today we're going to look into further, I'm going to just say it again, we're going to look into the parenthesis. This was a parenthesis. Why do we call it a parenthesis? Because it was put right in between, Paul felt to put this right in between, where he was revealing how he was bringing, uh, through God's Spirit, bringing both the Gentiles and Jews together as one body, no longer separate, and the gospel is now going to be opened to the whole world, as it were, as he's going to get into more in chapter 3 here, really uh, unpack this for us, how they were brought together and made one for the purpose of building God's uh, living, breathing, quickening temple. That's it at the end of chapter 2 there, about 19 through 22. I so love that, that God gave me a revelation. I believe it's an apostolic m message. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to the last two episodes on the quickening temple of God, the living, breathing temple of God made up of you and I, brother and sister, uh, corporately together and all that that takes and all that's involved. It's a beautiful revelation. So he he between that piece there— and then the second great prayer that Paul had in Ephesians, which is uh, verses three or chapter three, verses thirteen to the end of the chapter, which was what I call six points for obliterating depression. God gave me that message too when we first started that. So right in between the quickening temple and the prayer to obliterate depression, he talks about this or his the parenthesis, and it's really a resume that he's presenting to them of his uh, qualifications as an apostle, as the apostle to the Gentiles. It's inserted here, and, and he's laying that out in, this, in these verses, 1 through 13. And um, that's where we're at, a parenthesis of what Paul had been unpacking in chapters 1 and 2 most recently, uh, chapter 2 uh, about the living, breathing temple of God. Um, made up of all peoples of the earth, not just Jewish people. Um, and then uh, we go on, and we go into the parenthesis, and we're going to get into that. Add more here. Chapter 2, 19 to 22. Uh, we talked about that last time. Let's look at this parenthesis today. So what is the reason for Paul to add this parenthesis here? I already said he was showing his qualifications as a Gentile apostle and that he was called, and that God had given him a purpose, an intent, 
and that it involved them. They were going to be involved in it, not just him. In a nutshell, Paul's intent was to reveal the mystery, or the Greek word is mysterion, to the Ephesians church, to open up what the mystery was. And mysterion or mystery basically means what we know it as in the English language, a mystery, something that's not quite understood, something that's been shrouded and hidden. And he's been called in this gospel age. We talked about earlier, I gave you a scripture. This was the fullness of time it talks about here. I believe it was chapter 1 and verse 10. This is part of the fullness of time that God is revealing this to Paul. And then it's it's still in this God, we're still in the gospel age. And he's still revealing what this mystery is and what uh, making it clear what the gospel is so that uh, even a child would not err therein, as the Scripture says, to walk in the ways of God. There's more that has to be revealed uh, through us today. And Paul started this, and it's going on. Actually, it started in Jesus Christ, but Paul was one of the main components to start this great revealing. That meant that they were, as Gentiles, one of the key points of the of, of revealing the mystery and what it was, one of the— th- key things was the Gentiles were grafted in, the rest of mankind was grafted in to uh, the New Testament church, being able to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. This gospel wasn't just any more, you know, the calling of God just for the Jewish people, but it was for every man and woman that would answer the call, no matter what color. Let's see. Especially, another thing I want to bring out here, this was something that was new and revolutionary both to the Jews and the Gentiles. This never had been heard of before. I mean, until, you know, until Jesus was crucified, and then they began, you know, as the apostles went out and ministered after Jesus was ascended into heaven, more and more revelation was brought about by this. And then Paul met the Master, met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus when when he was struck down from his horse or his donkey and had an encounter. And that's what we're talking about. He had an apostolic encounter at that time. God encountered him, and God compelled him. And it's like everything that he had learned. You see, he had been under Gamaliel for seven years as a Jew's Jew. He had persecuted the Christian church. He was there when Stephen was stoned. He was um, like the Michael Jordan of the Jewish faith, as it were, the up-and-coming, probably the next high priest in time, because he was so brilliant with his knowledge of that law and the Talmud. And all of a sudden, he had an apostolic encounter on the road to Damascus, did he not? And that's what we're talking about there. Here we see Paul fully proclaiming and moving into his apostolic calling as the Gentile apostle. He's really opening it all up now, revealing it to them, right? Both as a foundational apostle. Why is it a foundation? Because this was a truth that was, like I said, back then was new to them. Before that time, it was only the Jewish nation that were God's people. But now since the sacrifice and of Jesus Christ and him raising from the dead, the new covenant was open to every man and woman that would say yes to Jesus, that would invite him into their heart. So that was a foundational work that he was doing as a foundational apostle. Remember, I believe it says in chapter 2, verse 20 or so, that we're built, the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And he was laying a foundation, was he not? By showing what this mystery was and revealing it to them, that great calling he had and that they had, because they were part of that too. 
as he was setting a foundation for the church that few had ever heard of. God had revealed to him as his calling the church founded in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and him being raised from the dead. Now that the church would be made up of all races of the world who would ever say yes to God and accept the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. 2.11 talks about a lot over there in chapter 2, verse 11, about who were of the true circumcision. It was a circumcision of the heart. It wasn't a circumcision like the Jews did in ceremony of the flesh anymore. They were circumcised in the heart as they came to know Jesus. So let's go on. Let's uh, read in the chapter and go back into the verse a little bit and look what we have here. So let's see. So chapter 3, verse 1, we're going to start right there with that phrase, for this reason or for this cause, the NAS says, for this cause. Well, I, th I guess it's the King James that says that. For this cause, what cause, what reason? Again, if I'll point you to Ephesians 2, 20 to 22. Paul was called to build this heavenly, living, breathing, metaphorical tabernacle that all of God's people would fill up, all the peoples of the earth would fill up in worship corporately to him. This was both Jews and Gentiles. That's the reason. For this reason, you know, that's what he's talking about. Now I'm going to reveal to you more about this, what I was called to do to, to help build this living, breathing temple. I'm laying out for you the mysterion of how God laid out for me, uh, Paul is saying, the mystery, the major component of my calling. That is to unveil Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world and advocate for all men, not just Jews. It was quite a heavy revelation. We've, we've kind of been over that quite a bit now. Paul was the master builder, it says, I think in 1 Corinthians. We'll read that maybe a little bit later. And he laid a foundation. He was the apostle, the, the Gentile apostle of the church, and he was putting these truths together. I'd say he wasn't just a foundational apostle. He was also what we call a transitional apostle because he was making a transition to something new. You know, the Jews did not get that the mysterion of the gospel was an opening of the gospel to everyone, not just them. They didn't understand that fully until he opened their eyes to it. So there was a, there was a calling, okay? There was a calling toward that. And Paul had a calling on his life. That's why I said we could title this an apostolic encounter. He had an apostolic encounter that compelled him, that just drove him to share what this mystery was and open it up so all men could come to know the gospel. He had an apostolic encounter. You know, we need men and women today that uh, have had an encounter with God, an apostolic encounter. Or maybe if you go into Ephesians 4, uh, an apostolic encounter, a prophetic encounter, an evangelistic encounter, a pastoral encounter, a teaching encounter, you know, to have that encounter with God like Paul did that compels them to go out and bring people into the church to build that living, breathing temple that we talked about the last two weeks. That's what, what happened to Paul. And it needs to happen to men and women today. God is calling the church, calling to build it up, to build that living, breathing temple. And that's what he's talking about here. He had to call on his life to fulfill an apostolic calling, right? 
We talked about he was the Michael Jordan of the Pharisees. He was the Pharisee of the Pharisees, you know, and he had he left all that behind when Jesus encountered him on the Damascus Road. And he was told by Jesus, you're going to share a new message, you know, with the church, with the, with the world as an apostolic apostle, you know, apostolic, I should say, uh, teacher, or apostolic uh, minister. And perhaps today I have in my notes, we don't have these kind of offices from Ephesians 4.11. We've been through that before. Uh, we've studied that. Pastor, prophet, evangelist, pastor. Let me see. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. I'm talking too quickly. We don't maybe yet have that in the church today uh, the way that we should, because people have not had the kind of encounter that God's wanting them to have that Paul had. Remember the prophet Isaiah, the encounter that he had, the messianic prophecy, more messianic prophecies in there about Jesus Christ than anywhere else in the Old Testament. And we see in Isaiah 6 that he was saying, you know, he was in the spirit on the Lord's day there. And, you know, God came down and he, he said, you know, he just felt undone and you know, so unworthy and in shame. And, and, and the angel said, you know, there's a calling and who will go for us? And Isaiah said he would. And the angel came down with a tongue, with a coal, and touched his lips with it, which was to purify his mouth and his heart. And that started the calling of Isaiah. Who will come and who will go for us? A prophetic encounter that branded him. He was never the same and never walked away from it, just like Paul was never the same, never walked away from his calling, right? He was compelled. He went through a lot of hardships because of it to meet that encounter, to uh, fulfill that encounter, I should say. So that's what we're talking about today, the parenthesis. Paul is showing or telling them why, why he's doing all this here and about this revelation or this mystery, as it were. Let's go on. I've got a lot of notes here. And I, I just want to read for you just an outline I put together that might explain it all better. And I want to try to finish this up today. Ephesians 3, 1 to 13. Okay, the mystery and prayer, Ephesians 3. We're going to talk about the mystery today. We've already talked about the, the prayer, the prayer to obliterate oppression or depression, that's uh, the last half of the chapter from chapter from verse 13 on. But today from 1 to 13, we're, we're emphasizing the mysterion, uh, uh, what that is. And he's explaining it as telling them this parenthesis here, why he's, he's stopping in the middle to just tell them the great thing that God had called him to. For this cause, chapter 3, verse 1, Paul was a master architect called to build God's living temple. We spoke about that last week, Ephesians 2, 20, till the end of the chapter there. And this connects to verse 13, which was Paul's prayer to obliterate depression. But in the meantime, these first 13 verses of chapter 3, Paul goes into a, uh, his parenthesis to explain his mission, his calling, his intentions. Ephesians 3, 2 to 12 is one of Paul's noted parentheses. He, he's written parentheses in other books, too. He pauses here to explain why it was his passion to build this temple, the living, breathing temple that we talked about in chapter 2, 
19 to 22 or so. He explains why, his, why he was so passionate to build this temple, because of the wonderful mystery, and that's what we're going into today, that had captured his heart, the mysterion. Paul had been personally called by God to be a dispenser or steward of the um, dispenser or steward of God's grace to the church, particularly the Gentiles. Verse 2, you read that there. You've heard of the dispensation, or the stewardship is another word. He's been called to dispense this steward of God's grace to the church. This plan of grace was wrapped up in a mystery or a mysterion God had personally revealed to Paul and that he had penned for them to read and understand. Chapter 3, verses 3 to 4. How great this mystery was, first revealed in a nutshell— meaning that it was a plan of redemption for the Gentiles. Chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. That's what that point is about. Paul was called to be a minister and mystery solver by God to impart what was God's plan from the beginning of time to the church. It started with Jesus Christ when he died on the cross and rose again. The mystery was then opened up, and Paul was one of the great ones, the Gentile apostle, called to really reveal that to the whole world. Three, chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. So let's read this other scripture. Paul was called to be a mystery solver. Let's read this one cross-reference that I have here in 1 Corinthians 3. And I, brethren, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 3, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Even now you are not able, for you are still fleshly. But since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like men? For one says, I'm a Paul, I'm a Paulus. Are you not mere men? What then is a pause? And what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field. See, he was building, God's building. See, he's talking about, you know, you guys get in the flesh, saying, I'm a Paul, I'm a Apollos. But we're, both of them were building together. When the scripture here says he's a master builder, the Greek word really means like an architect. He's an architect. He was an architect, you know. According to the grace, verse 10, 1 Corinthians 3.10, of God, which was given to me like a wise master builder, or architecton, architecton the English word that we get uh, architect from. A uh, wise master builder or architect. I laid a foundation and another is building on it. Okay? So that's what we're talking about. Paul was the master builder of this great temple. And in order to do that, he had to reveal the mystery of the gospel, that all people were now included. Paul was called to be a minister and a mystery solver. We just talked about that. To impart what God's plan was from the beginning of time to the church. Paul would solve and display the mystery before all creation to show forth God's wisdom realized in Christ through faith, which was the key for confidence, boldness, and access to this precious truth. 
You got that? Let's read that again. Paul would solve, impart, and display what the mystery was before all creation to show forth God's wisdom that could only be realized in Christ. How? Through faith, which was the key for confidence, boldness, and and to obtain access to this precious truth was faith. He was made a minister or steward of this. That was what it said right in the beginning. Even the mystery, Colossians 1.26 says, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations is made manifest to the saints. Right? The mystery is being manifest to the saints. Uh, Colossians 1.26. And uh, verses 25 to 29 talks about the mystery to the Gentiles. God worked mightily to reveal that. In Colossians 1, 25 to 29 goes all into that. Mysterion. Let's talk about that word for just a second. It means to shut, to be shut up. The knowledge that was withheld now is being brought to light. So the mysterion was something that was shut up or knowledge that was withheld, but now God is opening that up, okay? Even the mystery has been hid from the ages, is made manifest to the saints, Colossians 1.26, right? Paul shows his trial, verse 13, that's the last verse, uh, wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulations, which is your glory. He, he was praying, Paul shows his trial, and he was praying that through his trials, the mystery would even be unlocked further. Matthew 13, 11 says, it's given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Jesus said that to his uh, apostles, his disciples. Let's go on in my notes here, and we'll finish up for today. Picking up again um, with verse 1, because of his concern that of building that living, breathing temple at the end of chapter 2, he offers a prayer for them. First, uh, before we get to the prayer, though, was this uh, mysterion, the parenthesis that uh, he's talking about here of defining the mysterion. And then he offers the prayer to obliterate depression in chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. The first prayer that he prayed, and we went into that before in another lesson, Ephesians 1, 18 to 19, was a prayer for perseverance. The key, or the, this prayer in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, which we've already talked about, was a prayer for perseverance. The first prayer, chapter 1, 18 to 19, was to be a strengthening of their inner man and also a revelation to their inner man of this revelation, of this what this mystery was. Paul prays, um, we could go on, later on. Paul prayer has a prayer of thankfulness and a prayer of obliterating depression in the rest of chapter 3. That's what we started out with almost a year ago um, when I started this series on Ephesians. You can go back and pick those lessons up uh, at another time. But this was what this was then, that Paul was Gentile apostle to the Gentiles, I should say, to open up the mystery of the gospel, to open up those things that had been shut up for the ages. And God was using him as an instrument to open that mystery up to the church and show how it wasn't just the Jewish people that were called anymore, but it was the whole world. All men could be brought into the gospel. That's what he was talking about. And uh, he had an apostolic encounter. Again, we need men and women with an, an encounter from God to share and open up the mystery of the gospel to others. So that's what I'll say today. That will, that should be, let me look at my notes and see if there's anything else to touch on before we close out. 
It's just amazing when you read through here. I'm going to read one more thing. Just got one more thing to share with you. Just It's such a powerful thing that hit me when I was first studying this. It talks about 3, 1 to 3. I want to read this. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the stewardship of the grace of God, which is given to me. So he was given the word, given this mystery to steward and take careful care of. A good steward takes care of his master's or owner's um, house, does he not? His finances and everything. Uh, you think of Daniel and you think of Joseph. They were true stewards, were they not? Steward of um, Pharaoh, steward of the um, Nebuchadnezzar. How by revelation, verse uh, 3 of chapter 3, he made known unto me the mysterion. In other words, he opened up that which had been shut up for the ages, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge of the mystery of that which had been shut up of Christ. Okay? When you read, you may understand my knowledge. That's a beautiful word there, understanding of knowledge. And, and the Greek phrase there means a running together or flowing together. Uh, Asunasis is the way you say it, of knowledge. Paul had a running together or flowing together of knowledge. And I can just imagine, I picture him on the road to Damascus, and he's knocked down off that horse, and he has that encounter. And he's starting to a few days later to come to, and he gets his sight back. And all of a sudden, I think, all this knowledge that he had, that God had prepared him with, he knew 630 laws of the Talmud, backward and forward. He was the up-and-coming, maybe high priest, next high priest. He was the Michael Jordan of the Jewish church, as it were, you know, going to be a young uh, Pharisee, a young Sadducee, uh, you know. And he was knocked off his horse, and then as God brought him revelation of his mysterion, what the mysterion was, part of it, he had a running together. Can you imagine how all those things, maybe he like light bulbs going off in his heart and mind, all those scriptures, all those laws, so to speak, ran together and flowed together for him in his heart, and what they now really meant in light of the sacrifice of Christ and and he had such revelation that came upon him because he had such cerebral knowledge, but it went down into his heart. And he had such revelation then to begin to share this mystery. And, and it's really evident because the man wrote most of the New Testament, did he not? Isn't that surely a revealing of the mystery and of Jesus Christ and, and of his gospel and what it meant to walk with God? So, yes, he had a sinisus. Flowing together of knowledge, chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, an understanding of knowledge. There was a synesis, a flowing together, uh, that uh, a running together of knowledge. And God wants to do that with us in this day and age, impart his word, make it indelible upon our hearts and minds. It'll flow together that we might have apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, pastoral, and teaching encounters as men and women of God. In Jesus' name, I pray that this word will bless you as you go back and listen to it. Uh, yes, the mystery has been opened. We are to be part of sharing that mystery with the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, have a good week. I look forward to seeing you again at the Kingdom Corner podcast. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on the Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Guybe. 
remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner.